Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. Hey, we're going to get into God's Word this morning. I'm going to be talking about hope. There's a lot of talk about hope right now. That even uh, something that maybe as followers, uh, pursuers of God, we're maybe a little bit more aware of that word than some others. But right now, the entire world is needing hope because circumstantially, it's looking quite hopeless in areas. And uh, so, but we're not talking about just a human hope. We're talking about something that is a hope beyond this world. And in Romans 5, verse 1, we're going to start. It says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. How's that? It says that now hope doesn't disappoint or hope doesn't make ashamed. And it's interesting is it, that it's because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. Do you know when you're loved, you've got hope? Do you know when you realize that when you're loved, man, I can be on a, you know, my kids can be on a journey with me the day. There could be something that seems like it's a, a trouble or a drama in that day. But then they look to their mom and dad and go, oh, it's all going to be okay. Because when, if we know that there's going to be a great future, don't worry about this. We're going to go and get Slurpees. Don't worry about this. We're on our way to somewhere great. And that hope comes out of love. And the scriptures share that, that we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And we can glory in tribulations. Who knows that there's not many people right now still full of joy. There's not very many people right now glorying in maybe some of the difficulties saying, you know what? But you know, but you know look at the fruit of what's going on. A lot of people's hearts, maybe yourselves, maybe myself, maybe us, uh, our hearts are turning a bit more attuned towards God and saying, Lord, I, I need you. Maybe we weren't aware. Maybe life was a bit too cluttered previously. I'm not saying there's not challenge. I'm not saying it's not heartache. But look at through that to say, is there still a hope in your heart? Hopefully, yes. And then when we talk about that word hope, often in the English, we, we are people that maybe are, aren't aware of their words and stewarding their words use that as basically a wish. Do you reckon something's going to happen? Well, I hope so. Basically like, oh, I'm crossing my fingers. I wish something would happen. But God's not a genie. And hope isn't just a wish. Hope is actually an earnest expectation. Hope is actually something uh, that, is, that formulates that future. And it doesn't just come from thin air. It's not just some pipe dream. It's actually something biblical from the Spirit of God that actually builds into us that we know there's a greater day coming. A greater day well, yeah, maybe down the track, but what, even now? Yeah, there's a greater day coming in five seconds' time than there was. I may have had a problem, but you know what? God's still good. I may have had a, a, a speed bump in the day, but you know what? God still loves me. You know what? It wasn't just a rubbish day. It might have been a rubbish five minutes. And when we wrap that 
and we, we kind of capture maybe something that's gone on in a little moment and put a bow in that instead of having a terrible like projection of terribleness into our future. Why? Because there's this resident hope in our heart. It says that in Romans 5. Now hope doesn't make, it doesn't disappoint. It doesn't make us shamed, I think the old King James says, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Who's got hope right now? Because I reckon that's an, a nice little indicator. See where there's seedlings of hope, maybe in your own heart in areas. Some people are scared of their health. Some people are scared of their finances right now, their financial future. Some people are scared of their friendships right now. Some people are scared of the church right now. Well, it's never going to recover. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The gospel's stronger than that. Your own friendships are stronger than that. Your own dedication to the Lord is stronger than that. Just to chill out at home for a couple of months and be like, oh, trying to plot some terrible future. That's not hope. There's nothing in Scripture. The more I read Scripture, the more it says we glory in tribulations. It says, man, we can handle that. You know what I mean? And, and even like in our life, some generations past, we went through actual war, actual famine, actual starvation. And yet we're sort of trying to plot like, oh, this is, oh, I don't think we're going to get through this. You might say, Christian, you don't understand. Hey, what I'm saying to you today is to counter some of the trash that you've been feeding yourself you know what I mean, in the media and, and, and on the 24-hour news cycle. And so I'm giving a nudge in the other direction. And if I've got your attention, then great. Hopefully that'll push you towards back into the Scriptures. Not to fight me, not to rant on Facebook, not to study more of the news media, but actually to go back into Scriptures. And what I can find in Scriptures is hope. What I can find is courage. And it talks about there going through those Scriptures where it, uh, it builds this perseverance. It says, knowing that in tribulation, the tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Who knows that you don't build perseverance just rolling down the hill? You know what I mean? If you're playing tennis on a hillside and you, the ball goes over there and it rolls down the hill, it hasn't had perseverance or endurance to get there. It was the line of least resistance. If you lay in bed under the doona all day, even though you're doing the same thing, because sometimes people say persistence is that consistency and constancy, but it's not constancy just by laziness and doing nothing. It's actually a resistance to tribulation. It is a standing strong to that. And it's saying that that actually, that, that, that response from tribulation in that resistance builds perseverance and character and hope. So a few things that got knocked around in life this year, maybe. And yet, your hope should be resolute. Not in the things, maybe not in the economics, maybe not in certain elements of life, maybe not in certain, uh, you know, organizations or governments, but it, it should sift through to get your hope squarely on God. And then from there, wow, we have a great future. And, even, and as the church, we've got a great future. Why? Because you're fantastic. You've got faith in your heart, and so do your mates. And so does your family. And so does something else. Well, what happens if you couldn't meet for a certain time slot on a Sunday morning? Is that going to rock your faith? No way. Is it a joy when we can do it? Absolutely. See the difference? And when I read scriptures, all I get is courage and hope, not tremors of fears of other things that are going on. You see, hope is a futuristic view of your present. Sometimes we think hope is for the future. Yeah, but it's only a hope for the future, which colors then 
a positive aspect. It's worth taking another step in my present. It's not saying one day it's going to be all okay, but there's a big chasm between you and you're never going to get there, Christian. That doesn't build hope. And so hope is actually a futuristic view of my present. Actually, this is hard, but I know it's going to end up well, and I know I'm going to get there. What, by my own good works? No, because I know God's better than even that. I'll try my best, but I know I'm always going to fall into, and he's going to be caught in his loving arms, even if I royally mess up. Even, is that an excuse to? Absolutely not. This is crazy talk to think like that. But I'm going to go for God knowing he's going to catch me. Like that kid just jumping, jumping into the arms of their parent, of their loving father in the pool or something like that. It's like, man, if they land well, great. If they don't, they're going to get caught by their heavenly father. It is such a courageous hope. And so hope is that futuristic view of your present. And I want to tell you that it's time for the next. You're, you're trying to project a terrible future and rally that back into your present. It's not working for you, clearly. So let's change that. There's this song, song by the Foles that says, The future is not what it used to be. <laughs> maybe when you were a little bit ago, younger, or maybe even a year ago, you, you had a great picture of the future. And now you're like, well, the future, it's not what it used to be. Yes. Who knows that there are definitely things beyond us and beyond our own personal locus of control. And yet, however, there can be beautiful and amazing things that flourish forward. And so even with that hope, sometimes we say it's just in the future. No, it, it colors the present to us to change action. And also it's based on our past. If I walk down the street and I smell that amazing, you know, roast chicken, it's not because I've never tasted it before that I, then I, it's going to direct my future and I have a picture and a vision and a, and, and a hope towards maybe getting that because now I'm, it's alive in me. No, it's only because I've eaten it in times past. It was amazing back then. And so now in my present, I get a whiff of that and I go, oh, now I want that in my future. And so some of us too, we're trying to like pretend our past didn't happen. And yet that doesn't redeem. Redeeming means you go to, you buy back that thing. And I want some of us right now to buy back our past because there's a, there's a, a better version of it, not a, an in, incorrect or an uh, or a uh, inferior version of our past, but actually your past, who knows when you're older and you're reminiscing on some of the previous things that were really challenging at the time, you can laugh at it. When you've got grown up kids and you're like, oh yeah, that's right, I remember those years when literally you didn't sleep, you didn't know which way was up or down. But someone in that moment is just in the pressure and they can't laugh at it, it's very hard to. Why? Because looking back at your past, you can actually give hope to your past. Why? Once it's gone through and you realise that you were okay. Well, someone's like, man, I've got a business problem. And someone else is like, oh, that's all right. I, you know, I, tell me about it. Oh, that's nothing. That's, not a, that's a scratch. This is a scar. You know, those kind of things. Why? And so hope actually gives a great color to your past, even if the future isn't what it used to be. And part of what I've realized is how I have hope or how people have hope. Biblical hope comes from recognizing where does your fuel come from? See, right now, some people... They're acting creative, but all they're doing is respond. All they can do is criticize. And you're realizing that their fuel comes from someone else taking action, uh, and then they get to criticize. And you realize that if no one does anything, they, they're not creating anything great, no life. And realize that your fuel, our fuel, shouldn't come from someone else doing something dumb 
or someone else doing something great that we criticize. Our fuel should come from, God, what do you want me to do? God, how good are you? And our creative response to that. God, oh, there's, a, there's an issue in humanity. Well then, Lord, what's your heart towards it? And let's respond that way. And so rather than this fuel coming from someone else's either misfortune or even someone else's action, let your fuel come from the Word of God and then the steps that you can take. And I tell you what, that will just light up faith and light up hope and light up a futuristic view of your present right now. Ecclesiastes, I love this book. It's a really great contemplative book. And while we've had a lot of time to contemplate, I would encourage you to read the whole book of Ecclesiastes. It's not depressive. I think it's phenomenal. And Ecclesiastes 11 says this, 11, one, starting in verse 1, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a serving to seven, uh, give a portion to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. And what that's talking about is diversification. It's saying, hey, don't try and be over, like plan that you know everything that's going to happen. You're not going to know everything that's going to happen. But a brilliant way to lean into your future is to give a portion to seven and to eight, is to give a serving to different things. And, uh, and, when, and who knows what will come back? It says, you don't even know what evil will be on the earth. Continues and says, if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it shall lie. He who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. It's saying that if you actually look around and go, oh, there's a bit of wind, I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to bother doing something. Or, uh, you know, I look at the clouds, oh, I'm not even going to try to reap right now. And so this is a question of hope. It's saying don't look around to this outside world system to initiate your action and your response and to chart a hope for your future. You will do nothing if that's what, if you look around out, out here and all you do is listen to the news, you are not going to start and initiate a God-given hope for your future. It's going to force you into laziness. It's going to force you. You might be going, well, I'm just going to do nothing. But, I'm, you know, I'm being perseverant. I'm being uh, persistent. I'm being patient. No, you're not. You're just being lazy. You're just being sleepy. <laughs> just doing nothing the same isn't something brilliant. And so here it's actually saying, you know what? Give a portion to seven and to eight. It's saying diversify. And uh, I, I, this isn't my thoughts, but it was someone else that told me, a great businessman, he said about this verse, and uh, an Australian businessman, he said that some people, they make money in something that they know, whatever it is, I don't know, tech or something else, and then they're like, oh, I got all this money, what, what should I do with it? And then they, they make money in what they know, and then they lose it in what they don't know. They made money in athletics, maybe, or, or you know, culture, or, or uh, I don't know, finance, whatever it is. And then they go, what should I do with it? And then someone says, oh, you should invest in an olive grove. And they're like, I know nothing about it, but that's what I should do. And then they lose it because they they're not aware of that. This thought in diversification, giving a portion to seven and to eight, doesn't necessarily mean different things. It means geographical uh, diversification. You know what I mean? In the things, or diversify in the things that you know. If you know about hamburgers, if you know how to make the best hamburger, then you can diversify in that geographically. If you know about, I don't, it doesn't even matter, gold, right? You could diversify geographically with gold. So don't keep it all in one place, put it in seven or eight. I mean, I'm just, I'm just shooting things out there, spitballing. If you know about muffins and you can make money in muffins, then diversify in that. 
because there's genius in that. Otherwise, you'll make money in what you know and you'll lose it in what you don't know. If you observe the wind, you won't sow. You won't do anything. And if you regard the clouds, you won't reap. But I'm telling you, you have a different hope and it comes from God himself. It comes from Jesus Christ. And so you, he will give you right now thoughts to initiate action, great things to do for other people. He'll start saying, hey, pray for that person. Hey, give that to someone. Hey, get out of bed and say you'll help someone else for half a day or whatever. Or hey, just, he might even give you one step like he did the, to the Apostle Paul before he got uh, you know, changed by the power of God. And he said, just go to that town. You'll meet that guy. And so when you wake up, if you've got nothing to do, maybe you've got nothing on the radar right now. Maybe the job isn't there or as much activity in the day. Just wake up and say, Lord, tell me one thing. I'll do it today. And I guarantee you the blessing will be on it, but also it'll rise hope in your heart to say, hey, I feel like I've just regained some part of control and I've got a, a futuristic view of my present. Philippians 1 says this, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints of, in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine just doing that. And maybe right now you've been caught in too much energy on criticizing others. Maybe you've sitting at home lonely going, why isn't the church doing more? We're trying to do as much as we can. And maybe it's your role to just go, everyone I know in the church, just literally text them or ring them in a one-minute phone call and say, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Boop, boop, boop. I tell you what, if you call me, I'd be encouraged that day. You see, this is how easy it is to chart hope and to take action and to bless. Continues on, it says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests to you, making requests for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Are we toast? Is the end nigh? Well, that's not, it says that's not how we're supposed to live. It says we're supposed to live being confident, right? With all joy for your fellowship in the gospel, not fellowship in nice times, not fellowship just because the coffee's good, but fellowship in the gospel. Is the gospel still intact? Absolutely stronger than ever. From your, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it, will finish it until the, G, the day of Jesus Christ. I like that. I think that's really, really exciting. It goes on later on, drop down a few verses, it says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Hey, things might have happened this year. Maybe the bank balance has changed. Maybe you, the rhythm of your week has changed. Maybe your industry's changed. But imagine the testimony saying, you know what, but the things that have happened to me have actually, actually ended up being in the furtherance of the gospel. You know, maybe it felt tough as a family, but do you know what? I'm praying with my kids now. Do you know what? It was tough, but now I'm home for a couple of days a week and I'm getting those things done and my wife and I, you know, like, or my husband, you know, like, as in we're, we're closer than ever. Maybe things that have happened, but has it, has it like cascaded into, has it resulted in the furtherance of the gospel? Or has it resulted in the furtherance of more rants, more of a rant? 
You know what I mean? With all this extra time, are you blessing more people or are you just more hacked up? Is it just mean, hey, but the, the things that have happened to me, these unfortunate things have translated for me now spending three hours a day on Facebook instead of one. <laughs> Not exactly. Has, it doesn't have the same kind of tone to it, does it? Later on it says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Is that because it's cushy? Nah. It says, but if I live on in the flesh, it'll mean fruit for my labor. He's talking about I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident. I just see this coming up and up, and up again from a hope filled future, a confidence and a boldness and a joy. Are you saying nothing's wrong, Christian? No. Are you saying pretend it don't look like, la, 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 there's no problems? No, there's hectic problems. But I'm being confident. I'm confident in God. Knowing this, that I shall remain and continue with all you for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I'm, I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that from God. How good is that? How's Paul going? Whether I come and see you in person, whether we catch up in person or not, I want to hear that your conduct is worthy of Christ. I mean, this is the scripture. So, I mean, I can't find when I open my Bible that we should be freaking out right now. What I find is when I see things that Paul was hard pressed on every side and he's saying, hey, whatever happened, it actually translated, it actually resulted in the furtherance of the gospel. He's saying, man, whether we, whether we can meet in person or not, he said, let your conduct be worthy of Christ, that I may hear of what's going on there, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind together, striving for the faith of the gospel. Are you striving for the faith of the gospel right now? Are you, are you saying, man, there's distractions, man, there's fears, man, there's concerns, but you know what? I'm sticking in the book. Lord, I'm sticking in prayer. Father God, I'm sticking in blessing the saints. God, I'm going to speak blessing unto my others and my brothers and my sisters. Lord, thank you for the household of faith. Lord, everything in your kingdom is still intact. And Father God, yeah, we don't want to pay fines we don't have to or go to jail if we don't have to uh, you know what I mean but at the same time Lord we will connect and bless and let the, the, the love of Christ overflow that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who last time I checked is not limited to meeting up in person is it a blessing absolutely when you can however it is but it's a blessing when it's one-on-one. It's a blessing when it's five of us at a cafe or anywhere. It's a blessing when there's 10 of you. It's a blessing when there's 20. It's a blessing when it's 50 or 100. But I tell you what, let's, let's, let's echo and ripple that out that way rather than, well, unless I can meet with hundreds or thousands of other believers, then you know what, it's everyone else's fault. Let your conduct be worthy of Christ because of that hope in your heart. And you're saying, well, I look around and there's terrible things. Yeah, 
Romans 8 says that, for we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one hope? Why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. I tell you what, have hope. Have an earnest expectation. Know that the future is intact right now. The, the, the near future may not be what it used to be, but God will translate this for good. Romans 8 goes on and it says, For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is not seen is not hope. Hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. I want to finish encouraging you with this last, last part of Romans 8, which again, nothing in it is talking about freaking out or doing anything weird or criticizing others when things are tough, whether we can't meet in person or whether someone else isn't taking enough action or a government organization isn't doing what we think. It says this, Romans 8, in the latter part of the 30s in the scriptures, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall di- or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yes, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let nothing separate us from the love of God that we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Father God, I thank you so much. Lord, that your heart, your spirit, your heartbeat, your life, is coursing through every fiber of every person's being. Lord, I thank you right now that you're breathing hope, pictures, blueprints, ideas into people, into our hearts, Lord. And rather than focusing on what's been changed, Lord, I thank you that your your future is so bright and so strong and better than ever. And so, Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, for your people, Lord, for every person and family and an organization, Lord, business leaders that are overseeing teams, Lord. God, I thank you that, Lord, you infuse hope in them. Lord, you give them great vision, but also great courage because of the love of God in their heart. And so, God, we thank you for this day. It is a day you've made, and we do rejoice in it, hopefully, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.